You may open the Bibles with me this morning to Nehemiah chapter 13. Nehemiah chapter 13. Repetition is necessary and profitable for learning. And though many of you read this last evening, we want to look at it again. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 13. It is the greatest chapter in the Bible for house cleaning in the house of God. Five examples in one chapter. Repetition, as I have just stated once, is very important for learning. That is why you went over the multiplication tables more than one day. Because you needed to learn them by repetition. And so we're repeating Nehemiah 13 this morning for the benefit that we should get from it. Nehemiah 13 has five sections. You should know that already. Five lessons. The first lesson is verses 1 through 3, where they had made friends with Ammonites and Moabites that God had cursed and condemned and were not to be allowed near the house of the Lord. In verses 4 through 9, they had corrupted the chambers of the temple, and so those were cleansed out and God's stuff was put in the place of pagan personal things of Tobiah. The third section is verses 10 down through 14, and that is they were not supporting their ministers. Verses 15 through 22, they were not keeping the Sabbath day. And verses 23 through 31, they were marrying unbelievers. And so for these five sins, Nehemiah cleanses the house of God, and purges out all this evil. Let's learn a few things. First, God's people default to backsliding. They never default to godliness. When you relax, you never get better in the sight of the Lord. You get worse. When a minister's gone, or when a minister doesn't do his job... The church is always going to decline. The church is going to degenerate. The church is going to slide toward carnal living. And so we see that. Nehemiah had been here. Nehemiah had already accomplished considerable things. Then he left to go back and give a report to Artaxerxes. When he returned, this is the mess he found. These five different sins, and these are large matters that we find here in Nehemiah chapter 13. That's our first lesson. The people of God default to backsliding away from Him. If you've ever read the book of Judges and the history of Israel, you know that God would deliver them. And as soon as that judge that was in charge of the nation had died, they would backslide again. And then God would deliver them by raising up a new judge. Then they would backslide again. Because that's what we default toward. And so there are always going to be situations coming up in every church, every church, that needs to be dealt with. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 19, there must be heresies among you. Now that's one of Paul's churches. When Paul wrote the church at Corinth, he said there must also be heresies among you that they which are approved may be made manifest. So we default to heresies, and they need to be dealt with, and that cleans out the church of God in the New Testament era. 
The second thing we want to notice here is the severity of Nehemiah. Did Nehemiah name any names here in this chapter? Did he name Tobiah by name? Has Tobiah's name been read for 35, for 2,500 years? Did he name Eliashib in verse 4? Yes, he did. He named names. So let me name a couple names just to help you. Joel Osteen has never cleaned house unless sometime his wife told him that it was his turn to vacuum the house. Okay? Joel Osteen has never cleaned house in his church in Houston, Texas. He has never done anything like this. When Larry King would have him on television and other exam, other reporters would have him on television, he will not answer what he, what the truth about Mormonism. He will not answer about same-sex marriages. He will not call sin, sin. He says that his ministry from God is to make everyone feel good. And he wants to embrace everyone. Nehemiah didn't embrace everyone. Nehemiah was totally different. And so it gives us a picture of a Bible godly preacher. They are different than what's going down today in America. Because our nation has backslid horribly, which should be visible and obvious to all. His severity. Let's move over to sin number five. They were marrying unbelievers. There's only one kind of person that you're allowed to marry in the Word of God if you're a Christian, and that is another sold-out, on-fire, Christ-loving, Bible-serving Christian. We're only free to marry in the Lord, as it is taught in 1 Corinthians 7. Verse 25 of Nehemiah 13, about these that had married unbelievers, I contended with them. That means to fight with them. When you contend, you fight. I contended with them and cursed them and smote certain of them. He hit them and plucked off their hair and made them swear by God, saying, Ye shall not give your daughters unto their sons, nor take their daughters unto your sons or for yourselves. These are the words of Nehemiah. He uttered the oath. He made them agree to it by taking them by their hair, by hitting them, by cursing them, until they said, as the Lord liveth, we'll do it. As the Lord liveth, we'll do it. He forced them to the oath that they would not intermarry with those unbelieving nations around them. That's severe. It's very consistent with what we're going to read about our Lord Jesus Christ in John 2. What we read about our Lord Jesus Christ in John 2 is nearly identical to what you can read about our Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 21, Mark 11, and Luke 14, because Jesus cleansed the temple twice in the same manner. Not once, twice. To open His ministry and to end His ministry. Because His ministry was to clean up God's house. And I hope that we have young men, young women, and older ones as well, that want to keep our house clean. And I don't mean vacuuming this building. I mean keeping it clean of heresy, keeping it clean of compromise, keeping it clean of carnal Christians, if God will help us. Next thing I want you to notice. Verses 14, 22, and 31. Our Nehemiah asking the Lord for him to remember 
what Nehemiah had done for him and his house. And this is not boasting. This is not bragging of a sinful sort. This is godly boasting. Like the Apostle Paul. For instance, the Apostle Paul said, I labored more abundantly than they all. He outworked the other apostles and he said so. He said at the end of his life, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. That's not ungodly boasting. When you live a life like Paul did, you have the right to say things like Paul did. Paul said, I was not a whit behind the very chiefest of the apostles. Here's what Nehemiah said, verse 14. Remember me, O my God, concerning this. That is that he required the support of the ministry. And wipe not out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and for the offices thereof. Remember me, O my God, for the good that I have done. Verse 22. The second sentence in the verse. At the end of the verse, there's another sentence. Remember me, O my God, concerning this also, and spare me according to the greatness of thy mercy. And verse 31, the last sentence, Remember me, O my God, for good. This great man of God that had given up his cushy job as cupbearer for the king of the Persian Empire in Shushan had come a thousand miles twice to visit the city of Jerusalem to repair it. And he did this purging of the house of the Lord, and this is how he could speak. And so I address each one of you, especially our younger ones. You have the opportunity to commit yourself today to be like Nehemiah, to be like Paul, to be like the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can say things like this in your prayers. Remember me, O God, for the good things that I have done towards your house. May the Lord bless our church to have such members. This is the word of the Lord. We don't preach anything for public approval. We don't preach anything because others preach it. We're supposed to preach the word, and this is the word of God. We believe it. We love it. We embrace Nehemiah. He's a great example to us. And we live in a nation in which the churches are compromising wholesale all around us. Someone needs to hold the ground and not give it up. Someone needs to make up the hedge. Someone needs to stand in the gap. Will there be men in this church that do that? You young men, you're going to be the pallbearers for us older men. Are you committed to be like Nehemiah and hold the course of apostolic doctrine and practice? Are you going to be a real soldier of the cross, Landon? Gabriel, Bethany, Benjamin, Timothy, Micaiah, and countless others that I could mention this morning. This is a great man. I have reviewed Nehemiah 13 again with you for repetition. It's available on the website. A two-page outline, excellent summary material of the chapter of Nehemiah 13 for your profit and benefit. Lord, have mercy upon us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, blessed God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Lord Jehovah, we worship Thee.
we humble ourselves before Thee this morning. O Lord God, our Father, the whole world rushes on and very few care for the pure worship of Thy holy person in Thy house on earth, the New Testament church. O Lord of heaven, we know that Nehemiah had only a few thousand out of the millions of the earth's population that cared about the house of God in Jerusalem. And of them, only a precious few had not backslidden. We pray, O Lord, that as he did not regard all those around him, that we will not regard those around us, but that we will hold fast to the faith once delivered to the saints. We thank Thee for having delivered to us Your apostolic doctrine by the Apostle Paul and Timothy and those men they ordained and the men ordained by those men. And we thank Thee. Heavenly Father, we are not worthy of the least of all Your mercies or of all the truth that You have shown us. But we thank Thee and praise Thee and bless Thy holy name. Heavenly Father, let us have the zeal toward Thy house that Nehemiah had. Let us have the zeal toward Thy house that our Lord Jesus Christ had. Let that zeal consume us. Let us be fervent and passionate in that zeal. But, O Lord, let us start in our hearts. Let us start in our minds. Let every bit of true revival and true perseverance be in our own hearts and minds and in our own houses before we think that we can cleanse the house of God. Purify us, O Lord. Purge us from all iniquity. We confess our sins. O Lord, in our flesh, we are so weak. We tend toward compromise. We default toward heresy so easily. Forgive us and have mercy upon us. Bless us this day. Stir up our pure hearts and minds by the grace of Your Spirit and the grace of Your Word. We thank Thee for the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. We thank Thee that He died to put away all our sins once for all. We thank Thee that He lives forever to make intercession for us at Thy right hand, that He is the head of this church. He is the cornerstone of this church. He is this church's bishop. He is the great shepherd. He is the good shepherd. He is the chief shepherd. He is the apostle and the high priest of our profession. He is the surety of our covenant. He is the door by which we come unto Thee. We bless Him and thank Thee for Him. Heavenly Father, be with all Thy churches and all Thy preachers throughout the world this day. Give them great boldness in the faith. Let them not fear the faces of men. Open their minds. Open their mouths. And open the ears of their hearers that the word of the Lord might have free course and be glorified today. We ask this, thanking Thee for our nation, thanking Thee for the forgiveness of sins, 
thanking Thee for the permanent gift of the Holy Spirit, thanking Thee for our preserved Scriptures. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen.